0: Teaching Journey podcast acknowledges the traditional custodian of the country and pays our respects to the elders past and emerging and recognises their continuing connections to the land, waterways and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode was recorded on the Wurundjeri Land. Hi everyone, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting Through Early Education, Episode 11. In this episode, I sat down with Anna Zhang who is currently teaching in a not for centre in Sydney. Throughout the recording, you'll be able to hear how her passion for early childhood stems from her mentors who she had had an amazing connection with during her placement when she was a student a few years ago. Anna has a deep appreciation to the learnings and honest constructive feedbacks that she has received during this short experience. And most importantly, it has been a drive for her to achieve the high quality of education and leadership into her current practice. I love it when she said, I would think about what would my mentor do in this situation. We know that from our own personal experiences, and the research has found as well, that the positive relationship between a mentor and a student, which leads to a positive placement experience, can be a pivotal point in maintaining passion in the early childhood sector. Our students are the next generations of teachers that are coming into the sector, and this is a topic that is so close to my heart as a lecturer that we need to be able to role model a high quality of education and leadership so that we can create a high benchmark in early education sector. Anna spoke about how she was inspired by her mentor's vulnerability and how she observed the language that was used with the children and among the team during placement that has shaped her teaching pedagogy and teaching identity today. I hope that by listening in you are able to pause and consider the ripple effect that we have to our students who may walk through our classroom for a short period of time and to reflect on the mentorship and leadership that we are role modeling to our students. What mark do you want to leave to your student? how does it look like and what are the key values or elements that you want your students to leave their placement with so here it is episode 11 Anna Zhang hi Anna thank you for joining us tonight on on teaching journey podcast I'm so glad to have you here Thank you so much, Dee, for inviting me. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, it's such an honor to have you here. We've had a (laughs) chat before this recording, and I just felt like it was just a fluid conversation. We really bounce ideas each other, and we're quite alike in a lot of ways. uh, And it's just quite nice to have someone that's quite similar-minded. Uh, similar pathway as well, um, and yeah. yeah, which is quite rare in the sector. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself and
1: tell us where you're recording from as well? Yes, of course. So, uh, my name is Anna, and uh, I currently work at a non-profit early learning center based in Sydney. And uh, sorry, I'm joining everybody from Sydney.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. And how is, was your teaching journey looks like for you? Where have it started for you? Um, and how long have you been in the
1: sector for? So I um, came through Australia and pursued a Master of Teaching in Early Travel Education at uh, Melbourne University. And um, when I was doing my degree, I started doing some casual work here and there, but I stuck with uh, one of the research and demonstration center in Melbourne. And I met some incredible, and I think some of the most awesome and outstanding early childhood teachers in the sector, and probably in Australia, in my opinion, I'm biased. Um, And then my journey officially started there. I think and I relocated to Sydney last year and continue to pursue my dreams of teaching which has been fun like it has been quite a journey actually
0: Yeah, and what was that like, your experience during, um, I guess as a student, you know, you you spoke about, you know, that pivotal point of um, the experiences that you had in the placement and how that inspires you or I guess translate into your pedagogical um, practices now. What was that Mm. like for you? What was the experiences that you actually remembered?
1: Well, um, I consider myself very lucky to be able to have met and being guided by um, incredible mentors when I was a student teacher. The reason why I said I is because I, as a student, not just learning from, you know, the research and writing academic papers for the degree, but also I was able to see quality practice, what the research looks like in real practice. And I also had the opportunity to ask questions about the research. Like, say for example, if I read any um, um, great uh, research paper and I have questions about the research, how they conducted it, instead of asking the researchers um, overseas or uh, when the uh, and some of the research was done probably a few years ago or even over 10 years ago, I was able to ask my mentors at the Early Learning Center and they will be able to give me um, great answers, not just from their experience, but also from their own research, which is incredible. On top of that, um, the kind of quality of teaching that I have witnessed Um, at this center when I started out just blew my mind and I didn't know that you can actually do that kind of teaching with three to five-year-old children
0: and what sort of teaching were you observing
1: like that was fascinating then for you um in terms of the children just comfortably were using big complicated words and there was a lot of peer scaffolding happening in the classroom. In terms of the, tr- the literally three-year-old children will tell their friends, you know, your behavior will have a consequence. <laughs> they will, that will end, end in full sentences. And on top of that, some um, teachers are using, um, you know, jargons with each other in terms of they are literally discussing research paper. When they are having a conversation in the staff room which you know is just uh you know mind-blowing to me because um not many people do that actually so that was a really great experience for me as a student teacher
0: yeah and it's that continuous i guess uh language that it becomes almost a habit of mine that you're Absolutely. you know surrounded by this you know high order thinking and reflective conversations uh, that really guides a lot of the practices and it sounds that like it's almost a community that comes yes
1: yes absolutely you are absolutely right um because there was not just a community of learners among the children there was a community of learners among the teachers as well and the children saw that and the teacher were modeling um, questioning to the children. So therefore, the children were, uh, of course, they were naturally, you know, curious about everything. And they're creative to the extent that they can be destructive. But they were also asking wonderful questions. I once had a four and half year old girl ask me, um, Anna, why are we not recycling the rocket ships? Like you know, and when children asked me this question, I was just like, "Oh my goodness, how can I support your curiosity? How can I support your wonders even more?" You know. So yeah, I have I have I had a lot of um, mind blind, mind blowing moments like this. You know, when I started out. So. I think my passion was sustained because of this experience as well.
0: Yeah. And I mean obviously placement is I would imagine it's a 4 weeks experience. Um, yeah, and it's such a short period of time to be able to get uh, as much of experiences and much as knowledge Absolutely. um yes. and you know and 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 keeping it embedding into you. What, yeah. did, what was that process like? Because it's I'm sure it's more than that four weeks. So you had opportunity to go back and work there. Um, after yeah. that, to continue uh, into that yeah. space? Or was yeah. that something that you just had to practice elsewhere and, and get that knowledge from?
1: Um, so initially, of course, I was a student uh, teacher there for a few weeks. And uh, before I started that placement, I knew it was going to be hard. And uh, my mentor also um, had had has very high standards, mm-hmm. um, and she was very clear with with me in terms of her uh, instructions and what is expected if you want to become a good teacher. So that that was um, communicated very clearly and um, at the early stage of my placement there, and. I put my heart and soul into that place so I really wanted to um, do well. On top of that, um, I think the experience that stuck with me was not just because of I was able to combine research and, and practice, but also because I was able to reflect with my other student teachers who, I, who are also in the same center and also joined the... Um, uh, morning reflection meetings with other um, room leaders and room teachers, and after I left the center, I f- so that was my second placement, and that I had to do another placement, and I was able to sort of compare um, these two different experiences. And I did get stuck with my third placement, so I was thinking, what what will my mentor do? in my situation, mm. and how would my mentor you know, embed an abstract learning in a more immersive and hands-on experience. So I asked myself a lot of questions, and I tried to find all the opportunities that I can to go back to the center um, that I love so much uh, to this day, to do casual work there. and. Um, and once i get the opportunity to work there casually uh, i was able to work with my mentor in in the same classroom and she was still supporting me guiding me and um and i just really worked really hard and i was using everything i learned from different placement and from uni uh, to put everything into practice and always ask a lot of questions and so that's how everything sort of you know, answered for for me. Um, but I still have to say that I was very lucky to be able to meet you know s- such great mentors, not just one mentor but multiple mentors. Mm. And they were kind enough to guide me and answer my ridiculous questions sometimes because I I did ask a lot of questions so.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's fantastic because that's basically how you learned. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, by actually asking all the why questions, yeah. yeah and yeah. so, I guess, what was that transition like for you from, I guess, into a, a, a teacher role, into a more leadership role? Yeah. Um, did that took a while for you? Did you have to you know I guess experience in you know um, uh, other centers in, in casual jobs that you were mentioning yeah or do you jump straight into a leadership position um,
1: role I think it's more of a gradual um, experience for me mm-hmm. because I didn't expect myself to be able to lead the room all by myself after uh, upon graduation I don't think I would be ready knowledge-wise or experience-wise or skill-wise, I gradually took more responsibilities. When I left that centre, I was able to become a full, responsible room leader when I joined my current um, uh, early learning centre. And luckily, because I was able to learn um, lots of you know skills and knowledge and strategies at my first centre, then, when I got to my second and current center, I know what I'm doing, and of course it's a learning journey for me as well because the uh, the teachers and educators and children, the community um are different so so yeah so it's not it's not a linear uh, journey for me, yeah, yeah, yeah and so
0: what was the challenges um that you could remember you know those that first year? <laughs> what was the hardest thing that I? Oh, perhaps a few things. I'm sure um, yeah. challenges that you found.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like because my first year as a graduate teacher was a little bit different because I felt I was very privileged and protected at the first center because everything is based on research. Everything is communicated in a more academic way and research is much, very much encouraged and the children were researchers themselves and I thoroughly enjoyed that and I enjoyed the fact that um, I was able to be a, a part of the reflective te- teaching team so the first year um, I was I, I felt I was very much um, protected um, when I think about it now um, and my second year or, or my um, experience at the second centre is probably more mm-hmm. similar to other graduate teachers when you needed to work with a team of teachers probably believe have different educational philosophies like which vary widely and or their understanding of early childhood education probably is different as well and their image of the child probably Mm. is different so um, I think the hardest part is really to find the best way to work with other people not just with the teachers but also with the parents and actually try to take their other people's perspective and try to understand where they're coming from because teaching after all is a teamwork you can't really do it all by yourself so on top of that you need to have really good negotiation skills, not just with the children, because I mainly work with three to five-year-olds, but also have good negotiation skills with educators and teachers. Yeah, I find that really hard. Yes. <laughs> uh, challenging. And uh, on top of that, working with families could be challenging sometimes, but once they see your passion for the children, they always understand you actually whatever you say to them is actually coming from a good place i don't really find working with parents that difficult but it could be a challenging part of the work because they are your your um partners basically yeah
0: definitely and parents are i guess you know, it's it's their children, and so there's a lot of emotional yeah. connections that come with it. And at the end of the day, they just want the best outcome for the children, Absolutely. and yeah. they're there to advocate for the children and investigate and find out more and and yeah. making sure that you are the best. You know, you're giving the best advice and you're yes. you're, you're educating their own child in uh, yes. the best possible yes. way. So yeah. yeah, and and we know that working with among educators or other educators with different uh, backgrounds and perspectives and journeys uh, is one of the challenges what were the strategies you just talk a little bit about I guess um, negotiating skills that requires but I'm sure there's a lot of other I guess um, steps um, that comes along with it or other elements that come along with it what were the things that that worked really well for you uh with working alongside with mm. you know people with different um styles and passions yeah so.
1: yeah. yeah well first of all because as a curious person as i am i would usually find out what their background is like in terms of uh, like why did you become an educator basically mm. uh, like what do you feel passionate about you know teaching young children and what makes you excited about coming to work every day? I'll try to find the answers to these questions. Any questions along these lines first. And then try to work with your strengths. Um, and, you know, be vulnerable in front of them as well because um, as a room leader, I don't want to be, you know, this is my room. So I make the decision for everything. So um, you need to listen to me about everything, it doesn't work like that for me. I feel it's better to create a harmonious and respectful teamwork environment for the sake of the children as well and of course for the sake of yourself because I feel like you need to be happy about your job and you need to be happy where you work at um, so that you feel more motivated to come to work every single day. and on top of that uh, i would usually encourage the educators and teachers to uh to do learning experiences that they feel passionate about with the children and help them to understand that you are actually making a difference on the on the you know young children and this is actually your hard work and you know be proud of yourself to celebrate their achievement with them so uh and i'm learning at the same time and i'm learning from them too and i think being humble is another way to go as well like no one likes arrogant people (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah
1: yeah and i guess it's you know
0: to create that and like like you said, that harmonious relationship but also that respectful relationship with yeah, each other. And, and children do pick up on all those energies. Absolutely. They are observing. You're you basically role modeling what positive interactions, reciprocal yes. relationship looks like. Respectful, yeah, yeah. you yes. know, interactions look like. Yeah. So I think those are really, really important elements too. Yeah. 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 To, to have have within the team right. yes. yeah yeah and it's really hard i mean obviously we work with and and and, and, and that's the beauty of mm. the sector that we work with different backgrounds different passions yeah. and different strengths like you said but coming together um to work uh respectfully in an environment yes. that is high intensity uh emotionally yes. and physically exhausting can um be a challenge sometimes for educators absolutely
1: yes absolutely there are times that where I didn't understand other educators and teachers. Mm-hmm. I would just ask them, like, "Can you help me to understand you?" And or if I see something that I don't quite agree with, I would just ask, uh, "Like, what are the reasons behind your decision making?" Instead of just going to them, say, you know, just being judgmental. So um, it is. I, I think it's hard to um because I, I think everybody comes from a different place and everybody's upbringing and their values their culture um are very different and so you know when you are being respectful towards each other i think that's the fundamental part of having a um how many work environment you know and you know, just teamwork because we do need each other. We do need each other. There is no way you can work with her on your
0: own, like you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so Sorry. it's about appreciating each other as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now you mentioned a lot about how you know self motivated you are. You're you're very passionate. You're very strong. Um, and where are these where are this energy coming from? Is this something that you've always had <laughs> since childhood that you've always been that curious... You know um, you know passionate inspiring yeah. person or is this coming from a, a passion that you have developed over time and, 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 and perhaps a little bit more into the sector because you do enjoy it you've had a positive kickstart, kickstart into the sector which not many of us do have the privilege of um, mm, you know that but
1: is a yeah yes.
0: and so you know uh, how do you keep yourself motivated throughout this journey as well?
1: Oh my goodness. Like I thought about quitting many times. Yeah, like many of us. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think that I'm, I have always been a curious person Mm. and my dad has always been encouraging me to take risks and trying something different. And he actually is a teacher as well. Uh, And being a teacher sort of runs in my family. Um, on top of that I I wouldn't say I fell into this profession because I made a conscious decision of pursuing this um, qualification and this experience with Melbourne Uni but I would say I probably would not have had this passion for early childhood education if I didn't have a such a positive kickstart you know and as you just said I do see that as a privilege like I just consider myself like super lucky to be able to um witness great fantastic um you know teaching practices in such a um teamwork and how many is friendly just beautiful working environment and learning environment not just for the children but also for the teacher but then I get bored easily as well mm. on top of everything so, I just need to be doing something regardless. And I think that's the beauty of being a teacher, that you always want to learn something. It doesn't have to be early childhood education, but, um, but throughout the journey of being a teacher, I have learned a great deal of, uh, about sustainability, environmental protection. Uh, because I'm a teacher, because I'm learning alongside with the children, and on top of that um i i came from a background a cultural background where i don't think creativity and innovation is very much encouraged so i want to um, foster my children's when i say my children i mean the young students i teach in my classroom yes they're Um, they're all ours anyway yeah yeah yeah. um they're critical and creative thinking skills because I do think those skills, lifelong uh, learning skills are quite essential. And uh, I felt like I missed out on that mm. as a child. So uh, I will hate to see my young students miss out on that. I think the other thing is I want to make a difference and I want to have legacy. Like many people say, uh, you know, I don't have to do this. But then it gives me a lot of joy, you know. I choose to do this because I want to make a difference. At the end of the day, I think I I do have a calling, you know, that I do want to make a positive in- impact on the lives of other people. So yeah, maybe that's it, you know. So yeah, and I'm still finding more about myself because mm. everybody has probably experienced identity crisis during COVID and, And yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm. that's actually a good point.
0: Let's talk about that. Like, I guess, what did you find about yourself in this sector with children, learning with children? What have you discovered about yourself?
1: I feel like instead of calling myself a teacher, I probably would prefer to call myself ideally like a mentor or like a learning friend to the children because I'm very lucky that I have mentors who are willing to give me different advice, not just for early childhood education, but, you know, other career advice and, you know, about life as well. And I benefit a lot from the, from these advice from my mentors. And when I, when I'm with the children and when I see them being so curious, I want to help them to foster their curiosity and maintain this curiosity. And I also discovered that when you can be kind to other people, why you need to choose—probably this is not a good word to say—but why do you need to choose violence, or Mm -hmm. why do you choose to be unkind? So whenever I can be kind to others, I want to be kind. Yeah, you know. So I did discover that about myself, and um, I also learned that I want to challenge myself, I want to challenge myself even more in terms of what are the other possibilities, say, uh, I'll give you a wild example, probably not wild, but not a, not a typical <laughs> example, Yeah. which is as an early childhood teacher myself, I actually also ride a motorbike, like a proper, not a scooter, but a proper motorbike, because yes. I was actually learning about the mechanical side of the motorbikes and I was feeling bored. I was like, why not give this a go? And you know, just to try different possibilities, you know. That is because so
0: fascinating.
1: Not? Yeah, so do you have one of those big bikes, massive um, bikes? Well, as a short and small sized person myself, <laughs> it is not a huge motorbike, Yeah. but it does it can go fast. Yeah, so I will say that, like, <laughs> it will Go fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Like um, I I can I probably I am a uh, adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, uh, riding my motorbike is actually one of the ways I unwind my mind mm-hmm. and cl- uh unwind unwind myself and clear my mind when I'm not teaching because, as you said earlier, teaching can be quite mentally and physically draining. So. Yeah, that's definitely some that is something that I have discovered about myself that I didn't know that part existed before. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's fascinating, but also I think I'm not surprised in a lot of ways because, you know, we're learning all the time with children and it's never boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yes. job that we do, every day it's almost like a new discovery. Every year yeah. our curriculum looks completely different. We're learning whole different you know, uh, levels of knowledge um, from children and with children. So it's it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely a sector that, you know, is for high intensity uh, and high-minded and inspiring people who who wants to know more, who wants to discover more with children. Um, So I completely resonate with that. Um, Now, you talk a lot about, being bored and, <laughs> and, and and always, you know, challenging yourself. Yeah. What are the projects that you're working on at the moment? Is there something that you want to work towards in your professional mm. journey or any side projects?
1: Well, um, so last year I finished uh, translating a book called Parent Nation. I think I mentioned that to you last time. So it's a book about. It's also about learning uh, early childhood education, but it's. But this book is more from uh, more uh, written from a perspective of how do we support the parents so that we can support the children better, and how do we create a supportive uh, environment or a societal system so that we can create a sustainable and loving environment for the children so we're basically talking about the micro environment and also macro environment here and um that's a fun journey because i learned a lot about um early child education for children prenatal to three years because before that my focus is really on on three to five and I also started building a software where um, the aim is really to help the teachers and educators to capture children's learning data in a more effective way and so that we can spend more time with the children instead of on the paperwork and I do want to capture the children so I want the data to tell the story um, so that make their learning, um, or progress reports more um, objective. Uh, and what, so what, what sort of what data
0: are we talking about? What sort of data are you talking about? Like observations
1: is what we're looking at? or? Um, observations. So teachers, it could be teachers' observations. It mm-hmm. could be uh, children's words. It could be children's at work. Uh, but say, for example, if you are uh, documenting a uh, child's learning journey. What are the patterns in this child's learning journey? What are the emerging interests? And instead of uh, you know using the templates on paper and with paper and pen to write a um, social diagram or time running record, can we do? Can can we actually use the technology? or the software to document children's learning data more uh, automatically so that the data is analyzed already in the software. So everything is automated, ideally. And then when you do need to write the progress reports or the um, transition reports to school, then you can focus on what you genuinely have observed the child's interests and then bring all these quality data together, instead of everything is more of a anecdotal anecdotal observation. I don't That's that fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I do want to I do want to continue that uh, going forward because I know. So this is like maybe going off the topic a little bit, but I know. The uh, uh, Department of Education is actually trying to transforming, uh, transform the way um, how the data is collected so that they can uh, evaluate how what kind of progress and how much progress are the children making. So that's that's from the policy making side.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, on top of that, I do want to pursue a. Uh, a PhD in early childhood education, but I'm still thinking in terms of how can I do that with a focus to make a difference, because I don't want to do that just for the sake of having a degree, you know what I mean? And if if there are any other ways to make my life more interesting, <laughs> I'll give it a go as well. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a, another education. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually. I'm actually. I have a uh, blog as well. Sometimes I do write. Um. And I also have a YouTube channel. And sometimes I do put my videos up for the singing and you know reading books to children and stuff.
0: You put YouTube videos of children of uh, for children um uh songs uh, so that they can access and and stories that you've read uh, so that they can access um all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, was that developed through yes, COVID?
1: Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I was feeling bored in COVID because you, you you basically cannot do much during COVID other than working and you know thirty minutes you know outdoor exercises. So um, so naturally I was bored and I was like, okay, how can I make my life more interesting? <laughs> basically, and I started recording. On top of that. Um, Uh, My my dad uh, challenged me as well. And he was like, you can't even play the piano. How can you be a teacher? And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, nowadays, the early childhood teachers are very different than what we had when I was a child. But because of what he said, I uh, taught myself how to play ukulele. I'm not great at it, but the children love, love it. You know, you need to do what you need to do, you know, for your job.
0: But that's fascinating because someone if at any point you find a gap of a possibility of you learning something new and you injecting yourself into a new skill you almost yeah. like they dive into it and yeah. and, and go well. for it straight away <laughs> so um wow well. I love the way you phrase it. I'll take this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, it it really does tell a lot about you as well, about how motivated and passionate you are. And, and, you know, and it's great that you have found a joy in, you Mm. know, early childhood because Mm. that just puts fire and add on that fuel into your belly a lot more um, because you're so passionate about it and on top of your you know natural characteristic of learning something new and 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 yeah and, you know um and growing uh, yeah you almost found that balance for yourself
1: yeah um it's interesting you say that because i think the reason why those people can find the gap in my capabilities of being a teacher is that they are always my mentors or my dad they have always been really brutally honest with me.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, and they know I can take it. And be- the reason why I can take it is because I know they are coming from a gr- good place. So of course, at the moment of hearing something not pleasant to the ear, of course, I felt uf- upset, you know, like anyone would, would feel, but I will also do like self-reflection, which I love to do. Like I was like, Am I actually doing something wrong here? Or can I do more? What am I doing wrong? Like, I would be really upset for a while with myself. And then sometimes I couldn't even sleep because I feel, you know, teaching is really 24-7. Sometimes it's just really hard to turn your, turn your brain off. And, um, yeah, and uh, I, I, I feel very lucky to, to have those people around me. You know, if they don't like what i do they'll just tell me what i like you know what Anna? what you did was not okay or like one one time my mentor actually said to me i expected more from you and i was like oh okay and then i went home and you know upset with myself for a while and then you know find out how i can improve and that's what i
0: did and do you think this stems from i guess a lot from your childhood in terms of how feedback has been Mm. you know given to you and how you had to process it and and action it in your life Mm. and that has translated into what you're doing now with yourself as well
1: yeah I think so because uh, my parents have always been brutally honest with me (laughs) which is which was painful but then um once I went to university, I, I actually had the freedom and space to pursue what make me happy. So it, it, I think these two sort of, in a really odd way, they worked together. And I always had the fire in, my, in me to prove to my parents that, you know what, when you say that I can't do this well, I'll prove to you I can. Just watch me, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> And so I've always been like, as a, uh, the only child in my family family, but I have always been quite independent. And also as a child, I didn't have like the supervision as nowadays children have. I was allowed to do everything. I was allowed to be crazy. I was allowed to take risks at my own expense. Of course, I once like burn my eyebrows because I was playing with fire unsupervised. Um, You're so high which, call, I love it. Which, <laughs> no, probably. Yeah, but like, you know, I was um, curious. Mm. I was just really curious. And um, so, yeah, a lot to do with my... It has a lot to do with my childhood.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, we're, <laughs> we're towards the end of our recording um, yeah. and you know and, and I love how you've actually you know unpack yourself and be really vulnerable around your I guess your reflective journey as well um, and is that something and I know that it can be a little bit hard I think both of us come from quite a similar background um, and quite almost similar heritage uh, in the sense Ooh. of or, or I would say a more of a cultural um, parenting style yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and vulnerability can be quite hard. Is that something yeah. that you had to learn? Because vulnerability and professional platform go hand mm. in hand. And, and yeah. it also goes hand in hand uh, in leadership as well. Um, mm. And Brene Brown talks a lot about this in terms of vulnerability yeah. and unpacking that uh, within yourself before being um, expecting yes. other people to be vulnerable uh, in the workplace. how was that journey look like for you like you know is that something that you were quite comfortable with or is that something that you actually really had to work towards? um? Mm.
1: Um, I would say it's definitely something that I need to work towards because from my own upbringing weakness is not allowed like you're not allowed to be vulnerable but then um, I think I witnessed my mentor being vulnerable with each other, my mentors, actually. And they actually would apologize to each other in front of the children. They modeled that kind of learning journey for themselves, that adults can make mistakes. And I was able to witness my mentors being vulnerable in front of me, in the sense that they asked for help. Mm. And... And I was amazed initially. because And then in retrospect, that kind of vulnerability actually inspired me to work harder in terms of being a really good team player so I can look after my you know team members. And I think that vulnerability is very powerful in a way because if you don't have that, then you, you just feel like you have a wall in front of you and protect not not even protecting you yourself but then other people will not be able to get to know your true self it's it's hard to be like i personally i i find it hard to be like that when you are being with the children who are innocent authentic and honest all the time and sometimes you need to be honest and vulnerable to show to the children that you know this is actually okay, and I know EYLF actually mentioned that as part in the document, but yeah, so it's definitely something I have learned in the past few years, especially during COVID. Like you know, a lot of people just just would you know tell each other around me that you know I need help, mm. and you know I just I just drew, I'm being honest and. And sometimes, you know, I say those words, you know, with the with the children I work with them, um, with my team members as well. Mm. Yeah, and it's so powerful
0: because um, that's one of the steps to move forward for yourself, yeah. really, um, and and to grow. Yes. Um, is for you to actually look at yourself and be comfortable looking yourself in the mirror. Um, yeah, That, yeah. that raw moment as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, let's finish off with um, one advice that you would tell your beginning teacher self. Uh, I know it's you know only a few years ago, but what would that be?
1: Uh, I would say, be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't feel frustrated, and be creative in a way that is not offensive to other people. Consider other. Oh, it's actually quite a few advice, but. Like you know, show Show that you care. Show people your passion, and then they will understand you.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Thank mm. you so much, Anna. You have no one. you know open up and yeah, yeah, and created time to share your journey. Um, and I hope that you know other people listening in who have that almost similar um, you know journey or um, you know pathway that you've been on. Mm that would be inspired by what you've said tonight. So um, thank you so
1: much for sharing. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's been fun. (laughs) Thanks.